This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It is hour number two of the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. I hope you're having a fantastic day. As, uh, you know, we're uh, I, we, we're looking at our wounds still a little bit. We're, we're heading towards conference championship weekend. We're starting to get some pretty good draft topics, some Cowboys offseason topics going, and we'll continue to talk about those with you. Really was hoping for a better, uh, you know, a, a Mavs performance last night to, to give us some hope and excitement uh, for that. But I think the hope and excitement around the Mavs right now is, uh, is uh, team building so maybe we'll pick up that conversation a little bit later on but joining us now here on the fan is mike golick jr and a good afternoon sir thanks for joining us here how the heck are you i'm doing well no complaints how you doing no it's it's great to talk with you man i mean i listened to uh your dad and, and greenberg talk i used to do morning drive like i've been in radio for 25 years i did morning drive on the west coast so i would be driving in listening to your dad and and mike greenberg for years and then you joined it and i thought that was awesome and you know so it's really cool to get to talk to you you know uh just like sports radio guy to sports radio guy and i have a tremendous amount of respect for what you bring to the table so thanks for coming on with us man how, how you been I know. Listen, I've been great. Uh, I hope I can last as long doing this as you have. 25 years is an incredible run. As someone who had a good view from the cheap cheap seats of uh, dad's two decades with, you know, Mike and Mike and ESPN and all that stuff, uh, that alarm going off as early as it does takes a toll right now as almost daily in my family's group chat at some point, my mom or sister, because they both live out in Scottsdale where my dad is now, We'll send a picture of my dad in the middle of the day, just completely asleep, mouth open in a chair as if he just shut off mid-sentence. So that is the one thing, as he did that for so many years now as a 60-year-old man, the shut-off can come at any time. The difference is now we're not around as dumb kids to throw Fritos in his mouth like we used to. <laughs> it is a commitment to a whole different lifestyle, man. You're right about that. So so are, is there another generation of like your kids that's, that's waiting in lines to, to join the family biz or what? You know, we'll see somebody. So I'm the oldest of three siblings. I'm 33 now. My younger brother's a year and a half younger than me. Just had the first grandchild for oh, my cool. parents. So my nephew Jackson's about seven months old right now. And what I will say is I feel like the gift of gab may be there because even now he's not yet saying actual words, but he's a very chatty kid, a lot of baby noises. So every time I see him, he and I have a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. He really speaks my language of mindless noises and then forcing his parents to get him food. So <laughs> I feel like Jackson may have some hope here. Uh, we're seeing good early returns on that. I just got to get a microphone in front of him now and see how he responds. Mike, my, my, growing up, like you said, in, in the business and stuff and now being a part of it, do you feel like, do you like the direction that radio is going, you know, as far as, you know, how, how your dad and Greeny used to do it as compared to what we're doing right now? Uh, you know what? It, it's sort of TBD because I think radio, we've got to lump it in general together with audio, right? Now, radio is always going to be different, always going to be 
kind of special to me, right? There's that thrill of doing things live that even now as I do podcasting and it's similar, there's still that difference. There's a different rush when you've got to do everything and sort of read and react to the way that I had done for so many years. So I think there's always, especially locally now, we're seeing such a push on that that I think is kind of tied to podcasts where people want to hear from the people that love their thing the most and know it the most and are going to attack it with that kind of passion. It's the reason when we've got big-time sporting events, we almost always love to hear the home radio call or the local radio call but because there's just sort of that different approach and care to it. So, yeah, I think we're in a good spot. I think, as always, everything's got to evolve to stay doing the same thing that we love for a long time. It's Mike Golick, Jr. Gojo, with us here on 105.3 The Fan and the G-Bag Nation. You know, we'll, we'll get to some hard-hitting sports conversation here, but we like to have some fun. You mentioned throwing some chips in Dad's mouth there. Was there an embarrassing story from Papa Mike growing up, whether it's your days at Notre Dame or any way that he was able to razz you growing up? Well, so it wasn't anything he did. I blame the producer. Well, no, you know what? I blame him. I'll start off. The blame is always going to start with him. So for years on the show, there was this bit where every time my dad would talk about going home and, you know, getting doing something with my mom or, you know, he'd make the joke when it was his birthday, they were going to go home and, you know, and he would start to make all the sexual innuendos. And the guys on his show would fire up this porn bed music that they always had in the background. (laughs) It was that like grungy, sexy guitar. And that started when I was in high school. So fast forward, I'm at Notre Dame right now. I'm off trying to forge my own path, do my own thing. And I'm getting my ankles taped in the training room one morning during camp. And they've got Mike and Mike on in the training room. And all of a sudden in the background, I hear that freaking porn bed music. (laughs) And I just turn, and all of my trainers are laughing, and all my buddies are laughing. And I realize that while it's been great to be able to see Dad on TV while I'm away from home, I cannot outrun that bit, no matter how hard I tried. So all my friends got that introduction to it as well. <laughs> and, and all of the world has seen your dad's cheeks, right? Didn't he do the centerfold at one point? Oh, Dude, I'll tell you what, I'll never forget that day because I was back I was back home for something at that point. Whether I forget if I had started working at ESPN or was back home living with them, but I'll never forget that sinking feeling of walking into the house and just seeing on the counter of my parents' house a paint roller and baby oil just sitting there <laughs> on the counter. I had to go and help them with that photo shoot in the basement. And between the look in my face there and then our poor pug, our oldest pug, he's 12 years old, his name is Hank. Guy walks down into the basement while my dad's half-naked in a garbage bag, looks in, (laughs) sears his eyes. I think he's blind now for that reason, and just immediately walks out of the room. So that day took its toll on everybody. I send the therapy bill (laughs) directly to my dad's bill after that. Oh, it's scarring. It absolutely is. So I mean, Oiled up naked in a trash bag is such an amazing... Just mental picture right now. Incredible. No one should have to see their dad like that. No. Like I grew up having respect for that man. How are you supposed to do that when you watch your mom starting to oil it onto his shoulders? I had to leave the room. Thank Unbelievable. <laughs> and, then the, and then they started playing the porn music and the surround sound in the basement. Yeah, exactly. You don't even know where, like, there's no producer firing the board anywhere around there. And somehow it still echoes through the house. It just seeps into his being after a while. It's Ugh. incredible. Gojo, I got one more fun one for you. And I love asking one. linemen this because I, I know we got Zach Martin who plays with us here with the Dallas Cowboys. But, you know, your, your dad also would, would shove the, the donuts into his mouth. Do you have, like, a claim to fame eating story? Like, you were able to put down 
uh, an X amount of wings or burgers. Our buddy Eric here can, can put down, what was it, a Big Mac in 45 seconds, something like that? It was, it was 63 seconds. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I tried to, tried to round down for you. Thank you. Yeah, please, please uh, show show the uh, respect where it's earned there. And uh, oh, good. I'm glad you guys get to talk to Zach every once in a while. Glad life has worked out pretty well for him so far. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? Uh, my thing, I, I will go twofold. One is the nastiest thing I've ever did as a kid. Being a young fat kid, you don't have a lot to really hang your hat on. I was aggressive, so I played football, and I was nasty, so I ate a lot. And one of the times, I'll never forget, we were coming back from a Costco run. And I don't know how it happened, but all of a sudden we get home. And you know those chocolate donuts, the ones that come, you can get them at the gas station or Costco or anything like that. I look in the car tire of my parents' car, and there is one lodged in the tire. And, I mean, this thing had somehow made the trip home in that tire. It it looked like a small tire itself. And I (laughs) saw it, and just immediately, to try and thrill and delight the rest of my family, plucked that thing up and ate it. I have not felt that bad since, but I had to go and set the tone properly there. Fast forward now, a lifetime of trying to constantly alpha everybody at the table led me in 2019. The national championship for college football was down in New Orleans. And before that, I got invited to be a part of an exhibition. It's what they called it because it couldn't be officially sanctioned with Joey Chestnut eating beignets uh, for some ESPN Facebook live event. Guys, I have been fortunate to be around a lot of high-level athletes. Played next to Zach Martin for a couple of years. The best football player I've ever played with or against. There is nothing as impressive athletically that I have seen in person as watching Joey Chestnut eat beignets next to me. These are the full-size dinner roll beignets. And they had us all. We had four minutes to eat as many beignets as we could. And I put down about 17. I was pretty proud of that number number. and how big these things were. And the fact that I was untrained. I'd lost a lot of my lineman weight. Joey Chestnut, in four minutes, again, so just ball up your fist. That's about the size these beignets were. In four minutes, Joey ate 75 of those. Jeez. Were these powdered up? Were they the powdered up ones and all that? Oh, yeah. And the advice I got before was do not breathe in. Do not inhale when you're eating these or it's going to go badly for you. Joey was eating so many, he started taking them off my plate. I got yelled at (laughs) to stop gawking at Joey and to actually eat because I was so overwhelmed. I said, it's like if you were dropped in the side of the highway in peak traffic as cars are whizzing by you at 80 miles an hour, that is what I felt like watching the most dominant competitive eating force in my lifetime go to work next to me. It's insane. <laughs> Mike Goley Jr. with us. Now, we've seen this, but you got to experience the aftermath. Does he just go hang out, or does he need to, like, lay down, or does he make himself sick? How? What's the next hour like for Joey after one of those performances? Well, see, and I, I use the word exhibition to underscore how unserious this was for him. Because when he got finished up, I asked him that same question. I got to cover the Nathan's hot dog eating contest and do the play-by-play for that for the last couple of years. So I had seen him in the prime and at his greatest event. And after this, I'm like, so, Joey, like, what do you do now? And he goes, oh, I'm going to go tailgate. He goes, I'm probably going to go have a few beers. Like, he's put <laughs> back on his shirt, already breathing normally. This really was nothing. It was light work for him. And he was going to go add more to the pile on top of it after. What, legend. what can you tell us about one of our favorites here, Zach Martin? He's kind of a stoic or quieter guy. You got to hang out with him a lot. What was Zach Martin like for, for you, or what is he like? Uh, that's kind of the beauty of Zach. I always tell people Zach was different 
from the very first time he stepped on the field. He didn't play in redshirted his freshman year, but I vividly remember Chris Watt, who was his offensive line mate, his left guard for a number of years there on the Notre Dame line, is back as assistant at Notre Dame now. And they came in and they were doing something in practice one day that our line coach liked so much, he made it a drill the next day. He's like, these freshmen are doing naturally what I want you guys to have to work on and get done. So we knew Zach was different. We called him the warden all the time because in one-on-ones, he would put the cuffs on the defensive lineman and promptly escort them past quarterback every time. Never saw him get beat in four years that I was Zach's teammate there. But the best part about Zach was he was never above anybody else. He was the first guy in there doing all the work. He was the last guy in hanging out with everybody in the locker room, chopping it up in there, BSing. He's as normal a future Hall of Famer and potentially one of the greatest guards to ever play the position as you're ever going to find. And even now, you know, running into him at camps back at Notre Dame or out in Pennsylvania where we go out and help out with the Joe Moore line camp. He is every bit of the most normal guy you've ever hung out with. It's, it's the beauty of Zach Martin. Was he gyrating in the huddle after Notre Dame wins like he does with the Cowboys? <laughs> I think most of the time Zach was trying to dodge me throwing up in the huddle. I was the puke guy on the team. That was just how I had to get ready for games. So him and the rest of the guys tried to stay away. I will say the one thing that Zach was a part of with me and became sort of the song for all of us was after one of those nights out at a bar in college. I don't know how it happened, but we ended up back at the house that Zach and all of his buddies used to live in there with Watt and a couple of the other guys. Tyler Eifert was one of his roommates, Tommy Reese, Notre Dame's offensive coordinator. And it ended up with just a bunch of like shirtless, sweaty college dudes all arm-in-arm arm singing Colder Weather by Zach Brown Band. <laughs> and for whatever reason, that became the song that ends everybody's weddings now and is stuck in all of our craw. It had no sort of relevance to the moment. It is not a love song that you'd want played at a wedding, but it was born out of a bunch of college guys with a little bit too much time and probably a BAC over the legal limit. Did you guys, did you guys have just a running tab there at the linebacker lounge? How did that work for you guys over there? So the real thing about the linebacker is it wasn't an undergrad bar. Didn't step foot in it. There's this old wives' tale at Notre Dame that you don't go up the steps of the main building where the dome is until after you graduate or you won't graduate. The linebacker had a similar feel. My dad always joked that there is puke holdover from his time there during the 80s that's still inside the backer. It's that much of a relic. But we weren't in the linebacker until after graduation. Been there plenty now. CJ's Pub was the spot for Notre Dame football players back in the day that we would hold up in there and hold court in. Serves one of the best burgers in South Bend, has a popcorn machine that I don't know how it was ever full with the amount of it we were putting down on a given night. But, uh, yeah, we had the tab up and running and ready to go at CJ's every weekend. Were you always the puker guy? Like, are you in middle school vomiting before these games? Uh, it started in high school for whatever. It was just like a nerve thing. I, I tried everything. Tried to eat different. Tried to eat less on game day mornings. Tried to alter all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if I was going to be ready to play, I needed to unload a little bit of weight right before kickoff. It was just how I got down. What was the what was the genesis of you realizing, okay, I'm going to go ahead and hang them up now, this NFL thing like, uh, holy smokes, these guys are freak shows? Well, you know what? My dad always had the great line. He's like, most people don't retire from the NFL. The NFL retires you. It just decided to retire me before I even got going doing the thing. Like, I was three years in. I had gone to camp with the Steelers my rookie year and got cut there. I'd come back and got signed by the Saints, got cut by them in the summer, and then played in Canada for a training camp up with the Montreal Alouettes, 
played in a fall experimental league called the FXFL, not the XFL, not the cool one. This is the one where they didn't pay you for the last month of the season because they ran out of money, and you lived in a Holiday Inn Express in Staten Island and learned how much you really loved football. And so by the time I got back and did one more camp with the New Orleans Saints, I knew, all right, after three years, you're kind of a camp body. you got a fringe chance to make it. Let's put on some good tape. And if it doesn't work, you need to find a job that's going to actually like you back because a little secret for everyone out there, if you don't make the rosters and you just keep going to training camp, it doesn't pay you a living wage. So you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to really go ahead and do much. And uh, that was where I was like, all right, you know what? I- I'm pretty good at talking. No one can legally hit me at the job of getting in front of the microphone. Why don't I try this out for a little bit? Okay, so it wasn't like a moment on the field where some like Hall of Fame level D lineman put you in the dirt and you're like, you know what? This is This just isn't for me anymore. No, you know what? There were a few of those moments uh, built into it. Like the first time Cam Hayward came around at a tackle-tackle game and put his gigantic head into my head, I realized I had always thought I had a big head, I had a hard head. I realized that there are levels to this stuff. <laughs> I will say I remember the la- like the play where I knew it was over. It wasn't even like a future Hall of Famer. It was uh, I think his name was Tyler Davidson. He was a sixth-round pick by the Saints out of like Fresno State. Ended up making the team, ended up playing around the league for a little bit. But it was in a two-minute drill when I was in New Orleans. We were in training camp at the Greenbrier in West Virginia, where they did camp for a few years out there. And we were on the bottom field. We were running a two-minute drill. And I overset the heck out of him at three technique. Got way too wide. He put both hands in my chest, knocked me straight on my ass. And I look up from the ground, and Brett Ingles, the offensive line coach, is just there. And he just kind of looks at me and shrugs. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm probably not making this team, so I better at least enjoy the rest of my time with the guys at training camp here because <laughs> that was not a knowing sigh or a sigh of anything good to come here in that moment. So that's the one that stuck in my craw is sort of the beginning of the end. I love it. I love it. Okay, are we going to are we gonna see you at the media party uh, in, in Arizona for Radio Row? Yeah, I'm going to be out there, man. The beauty, my folks, they've like, so, you know, semi-retired to Scottsdale, which means I get to go spend my time on their dime there for the week. So I'm getting out there as soon as possible. So, yeah, you'll see me around. There. Okay, who's the media member most likely to make an ass of himself other than me and my guy Wolchuk here at it's the party? Us. It's us. Ooh, interesting. Who's the guy most likely to get a little bit? You know what? I would say if J, I, I don't know if ESPN Radio, the national shows, are sending their guys out there. Jason Fitz, who's you know the host of uh, Fitz and uh, Harry and Fitz on ESPN Radio's Noon to Three, he might be the one former fiddle player. He's a country music guy. He was the fiddle player in the band Perry for seven years. He's used to being on tour and being able to do whatever he wants. So I feel like it's hard for him to give up the life. Well, I can't wait to see you there, man. That's it. We're gonna let, let's party it up together, and maybe <laughs> we do like an eating challenge together. I think that'd be fun. Shots. Oh, God, man. You know what? I'm going to say no right now because I'm going to say, you know what? I'm an adult and I've grown past that stuff. But, yes, we will absolutely do this. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mike. We'll see you there. Thanks, guys. Great stuff. Incredibly entertaining. A great sports broadcasting family, the Golics. You know, it's it's not just his dad, but it's also his uncle, Bob Golick, who really got the party started and I believe does a news talk slash sports show in, in, in Cleveland. Okay, Rangers Hot Stove Show tomorrow, 7 to 8 in our showroom downstairs. You're invited. Brock Burke and Taylor Hearn are going to join Sandler in the get right. Is uh, Peter King dead balls on wrong with his take about Dak and Brock Purdy? That's next in the nation. Welcome back. It is the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Thanks to Mike Golick Jr. for joining us. That was fun. You can go back and listen to anything you might have missed if you're streaming. Segment is brought to you by the Frankels. If you're hurt in an accident and it's not your fault, call the Frankels, 214-333-3333. Go online to truckwreck.com.
You know, we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You know, I, I think situation is so important for evaluating quarterbacks, and I think you got to keep the situation in mind at all times. And I don't care how well a guy played this year compared to another guy. If he was in a much better situation to thrive and therefore he made less mistakes, you can give him the credit for that if you want. I consider myself smarter than that. That's right. I consider myself smarter about football than Peter King. (gasps) Not the King. Say it ain't so. I know. Friend of Brian Broaddus who can tell some incredible Peter King stories. I think he's a great football journalist. When it comes to evaluating players, I I don't know. Maybe that's not his strong suit. Peter King writing about uh, Dak Prescott. Says how strange it is to think that if I were starting a franchise right now, I'd rather have Brock Purdy, my quarterback, than Dak. Mm. And that sounds totally, absolutely insane. But that's the way I feel. You're right about that, Peter. Mike Bassig agreed with him today, so I guess I know more about quarterback than Mikey B as well. In eight NFL games, Brock Purdy has not fumbled the ball. He hasn't only not lost a fumble. He has not fumbled the ball at all, and he's only thrown three picks. He's the perfect quarterback, says King, for a team that has a defense like the Niners. That's why Brock Purdy can be the opening day starting quarterback regardless of what happens on Sunday or beyond for me. What do you guys think about Peter King taking Brock Purdy over Dak? I think Brock Purdy tried to throw you the ball a couple of times in these playoff games. You just didn't make the play on it. Seattle Seattle had a chance to get a couple, didn't get them. Dallas had several chances to get them, didn't get it done. We might be thinking of Brock Purdy a little bit differently as a quarterback in these playoff games if you somehow, some way make these make these interceptions, you know, talk about protecting the ball and stuff. I'm a Brock Purdy fan, you know. I think Dak has there's a lot of things about Dak that that are that are you know troubling. I, the the thing that I I don't know how you fix, I don't know how you fix his ability to see the field, you know. Well, I, give I him Purdy's level of protection. Yeah, and he I, would I, see I, the field just fine because yeah, he would have extra time. I don't and know. A great I mean, game. I think there's some I think there's some quarterbacks in this league that just do a great job. I mean, I think there's some things about Josh Allen that doesn't see the field very well, you know. And I and you wonder because interceptions to me sometimes they're luck, sometimes they're deflections, or excuse me, bad luck. But I, I just wonder if you know where everybody is or have that sense of where people are going to end up. 
I think the elite ones have that ability to know where the defenders are going to end up. And, yeah, and, and he's not and, elite, but he he does have a long track record of being in the top ten. Something that Brock Purdy is. Dak, oh yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I am totally on board with Dak as far as is. I think Peter King's wrong here. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I think yeah. Peter King's wrong, but I don't know how I'm going to fix Dak with what I just said. Sure, no, that's fair sure. point. Yeah, and, and I agree with what you're saying. I, because I, I think Brock Purdy can do that. Yeah, I just think that we would think of Brock Purdy differently if if. Uh, Seattle picks off a couple of balls and Dallas picks off a couple with of balls. You, in with those you games. on that, I also wonder go back and look at Dak his rookie year. Yes. Are we not kind of talking about a similar player? Yes. I mean, did Dak. 11 straight games? Great yeah. offensive yeah. line in there, only four picks. Did Dak not do the same thing? Dak yeah. was. Uh, we we heard that he was turnover adverse. He didn't he didn't put the ball in harm's way. He wasn't throwing interceptions. Now Dak did not have the benefit of the elite defense that Brock Purdy does with San Francisco. That's the difference. That's what was able ultimately to get San Francisco to the conference championship game. The Cowboys didn't have that benefit when they took on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in 2016. Yes, that's that's hugely important to recognize that if you would cherry pick the best Dak games, it would be better than what Brock Purdy has put together. Right. You know, and you can go back to his rookie year and find his best statistical performance. Dak's way better than he was his rookie year. That's why you can't trust stats. The stats say Dak has regressed since he came into the NFL. It's BS. Chief, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I do think Peter King's uh, very, very wrong here. I mean, th- there's no question about that. The I like going back to the rookie year and that comparison. I hadn't really thought about that, but that's very, very fair. I mean, you have Brock Purdy right now who's set up for great, great success from, from scheme to talent around him. It, it, it's 100% that way. And so what is, what is, is Brock Purdy doing much more than what Jimmy Garoppolo had done? Nobody's got like a ton of respect for Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo would just have the interception get caught from time to time. And in due time, that'll happen to Purdy as well. He's only been here for five seconds. So uh, it's, it's, I would trade his contract. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather trade contracts. But I mean, does Peter King think if, if Purdy was wearing the star and Dak was wearing the, the gold and red, that there'd be a different outcome in the game? God, no. I would, I would think. I mean, there's no chance. Purdy's being, Purdy has, the perfect setup here. He's got the perfect setup. We talk about it all the time. He's got great weapons. They are always open. His play caller knows exactly what to do. He's got an awesome running game. And, hey, he's got the great defense. All we need, Brock, is go score 19 points, dude. Like, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you got to be a little bit suspicious or cynical of the guy that's putting up Pro Bowl numbers or going on a big run and, with the perfect setup. And when you right? put him in uncomfortable situations, when the pressure was getting to him, he did not look like a good quarterback. When the, when the Cowboys had no. pressure on him, he was, it, was, it was okay. He's no. running for his life at times. And when you see him in obvious passing situations, he's not like, okay, he can throw the ball for a first down on third and three over and over again. Hell yeah, bro. But you're not doing that in obvious passing situations. When you got to go get points at the end of a half, you don't look the same. When everybody knows in the building that you're dropping back to pass, Purdy doesn't look the same. Pressure me doesn't look the same. And it's not like he's putting up insane numbers he threw the ball for like 200 yards because that's all he had to do to wide yeah. open targets. How open was George Kittle on that play? Yeah, the only argument Neville is that... Neville Gallimore was chasing him I would, I would in like coverage. To, I would like to see Dak... Yeah, I mean, he wasn't supposed to run a route. I would like to see Dak Prescott other than a Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan type of offense. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's see that. that that's yeah. that's been that's that's his well, career. For this particular argument, this, I want to see him but, but with Kyle goes, Shanahan. It goes all the way back. To, it goes all the way back to to Wade Phillips. We've seen nothing but Jason Garrett. You know Scott Linehan offense here. Yeah, I think it's time. I mean, I, I think the one thing that could help this quarterback the most is have somebody that knows how to call plays. Has somebody that kind of can be creative. But wait a minute, his his offensive line and pass pro is like bottom third of the league. That matters a lot more than the play caller. No, I think the play caller can mask. I think the play caller can mask deficiencies you have. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. A play caller is not going to let you drop back if he knows that your your offensive line's not any good or you can't run the ball anymore. You know, I I like I said, I think that the the guys that are really good at this this play calling stuff, they know Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's thinking he's tinkering with his lineup knowing he's going to be in the playoffs. You know, yeah. he's, he's tinkering with his – he's giving up plays during the regular season it, it, towards the end, you're thinking, man, they got to fix that left cornerback spot. What yeah. do they do? They actually fix it and they give – you know, you have 19 points in a game in a playoff game and you lose? Dan Quinn's out there playing chess. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Those guys, he they were taking players and making it work. And this, you know, with, with Kellen Moore, I don't know. I I I I I want to believe if I get a, a different offensive coordinator here, and maybe a different line coach and some other things, and Dak continues to fail, then I'm then I'm on board with You've Peter King. You've exhausted all your yeah, resources. I, I've done at that everything. Point, right? I, I've done everything I could to help exactly. the quarterback. Well, and, and, I, and, I would say you need at least one other really good offensive lineman and one other playmaker because Purdy benefits from like the most yards of separation. They shut the down cleanest pockets. They shut down everything Purdy did the other day. Yeah, they, they, they look what the. They, that's why Christian it took, McCaffrey it took, didn't, it took three penalties. Yeah. It took three penalties and a miracle catch to yeah. score a touchdown. That's against what I'm him. saying. Yeah. To me, I'm if I'm the offensive coordinator, I'm, I'm Kellen Moore. I'm thinking, man, my defense is playing their ass off today. Yeah. I got I got I got to find a way to get a, a touchdown here. I got to find a way to do you know. I know I, the perfect call. Yeah, I got I got to find I got to find ways to make this work. You know, and and they wasted they waste. You're not going to see a better defensive. I bet you that those people in Philadelphia they'd love they'd love to get the same kind of game on against their defense playing San Francisco this week. McCaffrey didn't kill you. Debo Samuel didn't kill you. Oh yeah, you know the tight end got you, but the, that's you know. That tight end made the, the biggest play of the game for the tight end was a ball bouncing off his head, his fingers, and it's all a scramble that's, drill play. Yeah, we got to run, gentlemen. Good discussion. Uh, coming up next, early breakout candidates for all thirty-two teams. Who is it for the Cowboys? Are there breakout candidates sitting on this roster? That's coming up next here. It's the G-Bag Nation on 105 through the Fan. Well, thank you. It is the G-Bag Nation here on 1053 the Fan. Uh 903. I'm not giving up. I know how long. Uh, after Aikman it took to find a quarterback thoughts I, I think you're on it you know um here here's my thought on it it's going to be a lot more difficult to find a better quarterback than it would be for the front office to just say oh look at this we can't skimp anywhere on the roster and expect him to go win the Super Bowl for us we have to pick one of these seasons to be like, yes, we're going to have a great offensive line, good receivers, and a good defense. And the Cowboys believe strongly that they need to exclude one of those from their resources to maintain the ability to be good every year. They don't want to borrow from the future to try to win now. And uh, it's it's becoming a bigger and bigger mistake. You know, in the NFL, like, what is it? Rams, Eagles, Buccaneers, they've all done it. They all go all in, you know. And they're, they're doing it with guys that, you know, we think Dak is better than. Matt Stafford, most people thought for a long time Dak's better than him. And Nick Foles, 
So that's the model that that works, you know, if you don't have the Hall of Fame quarterback. But I, I get it. You know, you're worried that if if you do move on, then you will never you could go a decade. You could go longer without finding a guy as good as that. And that would be a horrible place to be. So that's why I think you should try to draft the guy before you let Dak go. Yeah, the thing about it, though, is that we're starting to learn that teams are more willing to give up on quarterbacks that are those high-end guys. You know, they're not giving up on just, you know. That's a really good point. Bad quarterbacks. I mean, you, you just mentioned it. The, the Rams did it with Stafford. You know, they gave up on. I mean, the, the Lions said, you know, wow, we've had this guy for 10, 12 years, whatever. We, just, we don't, you know, we'll trade him. We'll give up. And I think teams are more willing to do that. If, if I mean, I would have given anything, guys. I I probably wouldn't be with you today if, in fact, that if teams in the early 2000s would have given up on quarterbacks like they do today. Yeah, that's a great have, point. We would have found a quarterback. Yes. You don't so, have to be worried about yes. that post-Aikman no, drought anymore. No, right. You don't. Because, right. That's a great point. Because people are going to make mistakes on quarterbacks. Yeah. And and you're going to be and you could be there to pick up the pieces and maybe you, you get the right guy. That's exactly what I thought when I saw that text from the 903 because I had felt the same way of that. That was my fear. That's why I've I, I've ridden so hard with Romo and with Dak because I grew up and watched five and eleven, five and eleven, five and eleven. When you don't have a quarterback and you're left just waiting, and then you kind of luck into a Romo and you luck into a Dak. And I do have questions as to whether or not this organization can successfully evaluate and find that quarterback in the future without them luckily just having it fall into their lap because they didn't want Dak. They wanted Paxton Lynch. They wanted Connor Cook. And then they said, all right, we'll settle. We'll settle for Dak. And that ended up working out for them. For them. But you're right, Brian, because now any given year, you can attempt to trade for an Aaron Rodgers. That's what I was about to say. You can now, right now, if you want to, you can say, listen, I will trade for Aaron Rodgers, but I or have to— Or sign Tom Brady. But, or, yeah, or, I have, or you have to let me have an opportunity to renegotiate the contract. You know, you have to give me that opportunity if I'm going to— Rodgers knows that, yeah. Yeah, and Rodgers knows that because he's not going to play for—he can't play for $50 million. And so if he wants to get out of Green Bay, you know, and you're like, hey, we've got a good team here, or, you know, or we're going to try and trade for you, you, know, you convince him— that's a lot easier, man. There was a time you couldn't you couldn't even dream of that. Yeah. Now, I, I I'm more willing I'm more willing listen, if my quarterback is not good enough, and I said this, I said this, after five years, if you're you know, before you hit that forty million dollar payday thing, if you if my quarterback hasn't got me to a conference championship or the Super Bowl within five years of how we built our team and you know, I'm I'm probably gonna move on from that quarterback. I'm not going to pay the guy $40 million. Something crazy had to happen. Yeah. Right? We got horrible calls in the yeah. divisional round, but we were there because yeah. his circumstances are never going to be better. If right. you can't get it done in the first five years, chances are you're not going to be able to unless something really weird happened in those first five years. Yeah, yeah and there's still uh, there's still the idea that you have to be decent at evaluating these guys because, yeah. I mean, well, maybe the only you could thing be Washington holding- and saying, yeah, I want to go get Carson Wentz right now. Like, you still have to, and and I don't know, Walchuk, it, it doesn't sound, and I don't know how anybody really could be overly confident in the way the Cowboys evaluate these quarterbacks because you can miss eval this bad boy and be well, the team that throws a bunch well, of they haven't picks let themselves, to go get Carson Wentz They, they, they right. might have drafted a better guy in Howell than Brock Purdy. I mean, that, I'm just telling you, that's, you know, but they didn't play Howell. They'll play Howell next year. Sure. But, you know, well, I mean, who's who's not to say that Hal couldn't have been uh, the the quarterback that that won uh, Taylor Heineke? Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right there. Now for the, for the Cowboys, what they haven't done is 
because they never really want to rebuild. And we've talked about this. So they don't ever put themselves in a position or give up the resources to move up to the top of the draft. It hasn't been since Troy Aikman where they drafted number one overall and legitimately took that set. They picked a running back at four. They picked a running back at four. Now, granted, Goff and Wentz went one, two in that class, right? Right. So they didn't have their opportunity even drafted for those top guys. They could have taken Fields then, right? In this past year. They could have taken Fields. Okay, was the DAC contract, and I'm trying to remember, I'm sorry I don't have this off the DAC contract was done. So the DAC contract. So they could have have let the DAC contract run and just say, we're not going to sign him, we're going to draft a quarterback at 10. They could have they could have let that thing run and just said, you know what, we're not gonna we're not gonna sign Dak. Yeah, there was that possibility, you know, but I, I think there is a huge fear of not being able to have a guy that can at least get the job done at, at Dak's level. And I think that's another way that the Cowboys are living in the past because of the things you guys just See, talked they about. They yeah. shouldn't live like that because no. you know why? Nobody over there is gonna get fired. Yes. You, when, when you're desperate, you will do whatever you have to do to get a quarterback. Tim Kalishaw wrote about that today. We'll spend a little bit of time on that later on in the C-Note, uh, the Cowboys news of the evening. I think he, t- he took your intellectual property on that. It, it looked like I was reading Broadus's words sometimes because... Uh, Tim and I don't talk at all. It's, so. it's dead balls on that you have a front office that's not afraid of their jobs. Like, I, I, I just brought up Tampa and the Rams. You know what else they have in common? Their GMs were scared of getting fired, so they went all in. No one both. That's why the Cowboys won't go all in, because they don't have to do it to keep their jobs. Yeah. Jason Light down in Tampa, the best thing that happened to him, that Tom Brady showed up and he got a five-year contract extension when he was packing up his house. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, that's that's how sometimes you get lucky that way, but you you got to be willing to go do that. And the fact that the Cowboys, they're the one organization that shouldn't pay the quarterback $40 million. Because you know you because they can change them out. You know if they want to change them out every two three years, you can. Your job security is not tied yeah, to it. You, you got to make yeah. that work wins for and, you instead of against yeah, you. Yeah, wins and losses are yeah they're important. It's nice to win and all that, but you know to them it's like yeah we're still be here. Okay, eight one seven again. Prescott finally has an offensive line and a defense and receivers. Eight one seven. No, he does not have an offensive line. He has half a line. They can run good. They cannot protect him well. This is significantly different than the surroundings with Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts. If you're going to be critical, I would really challenge yourself to be to, to, to be as intellectually honest with yourself as possible and to do the research and and to find out for yourself because you're being unfair to Dak right now. Okay, early breakout candidates for all thirty two teams. Who should it be for the Cowboys? Do they have guys on this roster who are capable of taking it to another level, Wolchuk? Jalen Dolbert? <laughs> <laughs> His accent is bagged today. <laughs> That's good. Oh, God, man. If Jalen Tolbert can... That was like the Goodfellows laugh. If, at... <laughs> he, if he could be... I was hoping we would all just jump oh, into... No. Uh, great I was so amazed together. how you did it. But yeah. it's okay. I appreciate it. I was letting you go full Ray Liotta, baby. I do appreciate yeah. RIP. I do appreciate the Jalen Tolbert joke there. That was actually really good. Well, uh, My serious side immediately went to Sam Williams. Yeah. I like yeah. that. That I like was my that first lot. name, too. Um, I, You know what? I think right now... Sounds like Ferguson's your guy. As we stand, yeah, Jake Ferguson, I think, is a guy that might end up being your uh, your top tight end. Now, look, there are a lot of tight ends that I'm uh, I'm very interested in. And you might be looking at... I don't think they're going to go tight end round one. But there are some guys now. Like I, I could know. I could talk you into someone. Yeah. I could talk you into somebody that's we, pretty darn tantalizing. Don't we need to get the Kincaid guy? I love me some Kincaid out here. The yeah. He's got the built in sponsor. I don't know if this Does burger he? joint is uh is all over the country or Kincaid's? not. Maybe he could get it at any at you know, on any 
NFL team, any NFL city, but here locally, he could be the Kincaid's guy. He's going to be the burger guy in the DFW, and he's going to catch a bunch of touchdowns. I do love a good burger guy, and there's definitely value in that. I I don't know. With tight ends, there have been so many over the years Mm -hmm. that I've heard the guys talking about, and O.J. Howard, you know, is one of them. David Njoku, and it's like, oh, this guy, and it's like, and it doesn't come together. It's like a 350-yard guy. Fair. And there's like, there's these unique combinations of traits. It's like, how could this miss? I don't know, but it misses. You have Gronk, and you have Kelsey, and you have Tony Gonzalez. There's like legendary tight ends. There's like two or three of them at all times in the NFL, it seems like. But there's so many of the great athletes that can't put it together that I would be excited to draft. I think, you know, just like with Jason Witten, it happened, but the league didn't see it coming. What was he, a third rounder? His third rounder. It, those, those things are, are, are so hard to p- project. If you think you got one, I'd be excited to bring him onto the team and be like, okay, maybe this is our Wookiee tied end, the actual real deal. But it, it's it's just rare that it comes together like that. And I am confident in Ferguson and Hendershot. Like, like what are the downsides on these guys? Why, why wouldn't like it Ferguson be them after what they showed? You know how hard it is to come into the NFL and pull off the plays that they did with the swagger and the confidence that they did? The sweet, like over the head type of move Ferguson pulled at the at the five yard line. You know they they were blocking well. I I think you really lucked out at the at the tight end position with the two guys you got. It might need to be Tyler Smith though to like go to a Pro Bowl level. Tyler Smith at tight end? No, no, at, as, just a as a breakout, breakout. Oh. You know, go from like he had a good rookie year, mm. but to take it to the next level and be a Pro Bowl caliber lineman, it might yeah. need to be him. I mean, maybe McQuamu. Yeah, I would say Deron Bland, but I feel like he broke out this year. Like, yeah, I was, was I was say, I was thinking Bland too is what I was thinking as well, for sure. Uh, uh, Damone Clark, does he have a shot? You know that I was to me, I I feel like that I might have done folks a disservice. I, I really really sold what Clark could be, and I was I know because I think he played better at LSU than he played, but and I'm not making excuses. He he probably shouldn't maybe not even played. I mean. You look at the back situation and all that for him to even come back and play the you know even play this season and and play as many meaningful snaps as he did, but man, I thought he was going to play so much more of a be so much more of a physical presence on the field. Hmm. I, I would hope that I would hope things get uh, you know get better for him as far as next year and stuff like that as far as kind of picking up things and coverage. You know, being being around the ball, much like what we saw Leighton Vanderesh do this year. Yeah. Okay, Chief Fawn's going to take us through a fun Cowboys segment. He will have his personal draft strategy, which I'm very much looking forward to. But how about what's the worst Cowboys take you are hearing right now that is absolutely driving you crazy? At eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three, leave your name and city you're texting from, and we'll pick up that conversation next year on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.